In order to truly become part of the global business environment, your business needs to constantly change and adapt to a variety of new constants. Welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders with Kimberly J. Lewis. We will help you navigate these changes on today's program and help you think beyond the boundaries. The opportunities are limitless if you are prepared. Now, here is your host, Kimberly J. Lewis. Hello and welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host. And I would first like to thank all our listeners for tuning in to us each week. And we do have listeners from all over the world. So good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you may be listening from today. Now, if you're new to this show, let me tell you what this series is about. Leadership Beyond Borders is about the impact globalization, digital transition, and the connected world is having on our organizations and what this impact is doing to the kind of leadership we need to drive long-term success in today's economy. In this series, we have talked about everything from business issues such as artificial intelligence and data protection regulations to leadership issues such as gender balance, generational management, and business values that may impact your organization or your individual career. So please download this series on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. Listen to us live at 3 p.m. Tuesdays, specific time. And on this show, you can get great advice, leadership success stories that you can learn from, things that can motivate you, stimulate new ideas, and possibly even be the key to your future success. I invite you to connect with me, so please send me your thoughts and insights to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com or connect with me on my website, leadershipbeyondborders.net. Let me know what you want to hear about. So if you're in a leadership position or aspire to be in one, regardless if your business is international or local, make sure you join us each week and we'll make sure that you take home something useful for either your business or yourself. Now, on to today's episode. We have a big surprise for everybody because our guest today is a professional writer and editor And I am not going to be interviewing him. He is going to be interviewing me. We've had a lot of suggestions from our guests over the last two and a half years. And they've reached out uh, to us and asked me questions and said, we want to learn a little bit more about you. So today, we are going to switch roles. Now, my interviewer... Today is Thorne Sully, and he's the editor-in-chief at A Word With You Press. Now, Thorne is a quite unique individual. He has Jack London his way across the globe, sleeping in whatever country would have him, and picking up stray stories along the way. And I think today I'm about to be the next stray story. Now, with a litter of dog-eared passports that have taken up residence in his sock draw and have been a constant temptation to him, he is the founder of A Word With You Press, dedicated to helping you tell your story persuasively and with passion. Now, authors have sought Thorne out. They've sought his advice, and many of these authors have won major awards, including the Pulitzer Prize and the Isabel 
Alienda Mirapoza, and I'm sorry if I'm saying that wrong, <laughs> Alienda, okay, sorry, I, um, award for new fiction, and also best poetry awards from San Diego's Writers Awards. Now, one of his own novels, A Boy with a Torn Hat, was nominated for best literary fiction by the U.S. Book Awards. Now, during the show, if you want to reach out to Thorne, you can reach out to him at thorne at awordwithupress.com or go to his website, awordwithupress.com. And I guess with that, well, I think I give you the show. And uh, let me start by saying that I arise in the morning torn between a desire to improve the world and a desire to enjoy the world. And that makes it hard to plan the day. And that is a brilliant quote that I would love to take credit for. But I suspect that uh, E.B. White would rightly accuse me of plagiarism. (laughs) So I am looking at a very, very long list of accomplishments of Kimberly J. Lewis. And I'm overwhelmed. If this were a script and I had to memorize all your accomplishments, I don't think I could do it. But you've been uh, 20 years as a CEO in various industries and companies owned by venture capital and private equity, 22 years in executive management experience in public and private companies. And I see you've held executive position or served on the boards of more companies than most people I know have even visited. This includes Germany, the Czech Republic, Belgium, the Slavic Republic, Poland, Gibraltar, Israel, the United Kingdom. Oh, and this one I recognize, the United States. I'm a fellow Yank, by the way. (laughs) Oh, great. Yes, I'm a New Englander, so... (laughs) So Kimberly is recognized as an expert in the industry of digital marketing and local search. And I think together with Al Gore, she may have uh, formed the uh, Internet. She might have invented that. I'm not quite sure. But there's quite a list of things that she's done, which led to winning 29 international awards in marketing and product development. So what this tells me is if you are listening If you can glean advice from her, you're more likely to be successful in whatever your pursuit is. And I see, uh, Kimberly, we do have something in common here. I see that your passion lies in helping people achieve. And in a very small way, I like to help people achieve by telling their stories. Um, You're certified as an executive and systemic team coach and leadership trainer, and you serve global companies worldwide. And then this is uh, something new, I see. You are a member of the Forbes Coaches Council. Uh, That is amazing, and I'm going to ask you about that in a bit because I think that's something recent. And she's also the author of Ponytail Talk, It's all about you, winning career strategies for women. And I want to repeat that because uh, I don't know if you're taking notes anywhere, but remember Ponytail Talk and go to Amazon. It's a book that will help you immensely. And uh, adding to this list of accomplishments, oh, she has a degree from Webster, 
George Washington and Harvard Universities and graduate certificates from the Henley Business School and from the London Academy of Executive Coaching. That's quite an impressive list. And what it has led to is her being the keynote speaker and the host of Leadership Beyond Borders. And that's her show tonight on Voice America Business Channel. Uh, Before I I get into uh, a list of very serious questions, I would like to know a little bit about this recent development with the Forbes Council. What's that all about? Um, well, since it's recent, I don't know yet. <laughs> so, um, no, um, Forbes Forbes is a selected group of individuals, and I'm on the coaches council. And what we do is we contribute to the development of coaching practice, whether it's team coaching, leadership training, um, or executive coaching across the board. We contribute articles to Forbes.com, which I haven't done yet because I've just um, got nominated and accepted. And it's a it's really a group of brilliant people that are trying to share their professional knowledge and move the industry further. Mm-hmm. Well, I would like to get a an overview of your career journey. Uh, Did you step on any toes when you were climbing up the ladder? Uh, you know, your first inclination is to say, of course not, but of course you did. And um, I think I think is completely normal. Um, as you're climbing the career ladder, you're going to bump heads and you're going to try to push your way because that's how you get a step further. Is And I think it's about how you do it. Um, I, I don't, of course, I've stepped on toes, but I don't like to think of that I've done it obnoxiously. I think it's just keeping your your eye on the goal and trying to do what you have to do to get the next step. And you have to remember, and this is what always goes through my head, is that if there's one position, only one person's going to get it. Okay. And um, you know, there may be five or six or seven, and you have to do everything in your power that is ethical, and I, that's a very important, to try to, to, to get that position, and that means you're going to step on some toes. Do you think people have treated you unethically as they've been climbing up the ladder? Anybody try to push you off because you're a woman? Um, I... I I don't think it, that's a very interesting question because I don't think it's unethically. I think it's sometimes ignorant because you're a woman. Okay, I don't think people are are really. I haven't had any unethical situations, but I've had a lot of ignorant obnoxious. situations, obnoxious situations, and ignorant situations, okay? One example I could think is years ago when I was first um, coming over to Europe, as the wall came down, I was the most qualified person for that position, and I was told that I wasn't going to get the position because Eastern Europe was not safe for women, okay? Um, now, to me, that is 
an ignorant assumption, okay? It's not unethical, and I believe the person really believed that or, or the, the executive team really believed that. But, you know, those are the kind of things that I think sometimes stand in your way as a woman, um, not really unethical situations. By the way, if I may interrupt, uh, from the male point of view, there is nothing as sexy as competence in a woman. That is so inspiring to see it, and it uh, tends to elevate us to be our better selves when we see that competence in a woman. Uh, Later on in this uh, interview, I'm going to ask you about your relationships, but let's keep talking about the money for a bit. Now, I have a friend, uh, an attorney, and for years he worked for a corporation, and then he hung, he hung out as his own shield for a very modest practice. And he told me, you have to suffer under both conditions before you know which brand of suffering is for you. Mm-hmm. So I wonder, um, is it harder to be an entrepreneur than to work in a corporate structure, especially as a woman? It's different. Okay. Um, I, I don't honestly think that one is harder than the other. I think they're very different. Um, in in the corporate environment, you're 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 struggling to get up the ladder, and as you said, you might be stepping on some toes. And and there's a a large corporate structure that probably has a legacy because we're just getting into industries such as digital that don't have a legacy even though uh, I'll make a side comment on that if you look at if you look at the digital industry also there's only about five percent female CEOs um, but you're struggling in the corporate structure about legacies and um, trying to to fight against perceptions now as an entrepreneur you're struggling with two things. Uh, one, it's, it's quite scary to get out there on your own. And the second thing is you're struggling on trying to get into the door as a woman. Okay. Um, it's easier. I've seen it from many of colleagues, you know, get appointments a little bit easier. Um, gender does play a role still, although that is changing. So well, I'm not th- quite sure that's changing. I hope it is, and I hope that you are far more authoritative on that than I am. But I'd like to, uh, I'd like to paraphrase Gloria Steinem. I think it's Gloria Steinem who said, for a man to be a bastard, he has to be Mussolini. For a woman to be a bitch, all she has to do is put you on hold. <laughs> Absolutely. And and you talk about stepping on the toes. So let me come back to that scenario. Um, it, as you have to have a certain, you have to be aggressive, okay? You have to put yourself forward. And aggressive women are very often seen as um, bitchy, okay? And um, aggressive men are often seen as Hey, that's just men's behavior. Um, but that's kind of the way it is, okay? So, I mean, we can talk a little bit more about that. Um, uh, uh, you know, that brings up uh, an interesting thought. What is the difference, uh, as our final question before we take a break, what is the difference in your mind between aggression and assertion? A man can be aggressive and it's considered assertion. A woman who is assertive 
is considered aggressive. So how do you deal with the double standard? Um, can, if you said we're just going to take a break, can I think about that for a second before we answer that? <laughs> okay. So um, I, uh, I want to thank you. And once again, this is Thorne Sully. And we've done a flip-flop here. I am actually interviewing Kimberly Lewis. And you can connect with Kimberly at LinkedIn at Kimberly Lewis. That's Kimberly with an I. And if you go to Instagram, more of her adventures can be found under Kimberly Lewis. And you can find her on Facebook and Global Therapy under Kimberly J. Lewis. And that's Lewis as in Lewis and Clark, not Lewis Farrakhan. So Kimberly with an I, Lewis as in Lewis and Clark. And we will see you in a few moments. Business news and discussions are always changing. In order to stay ahead of the game, sometimes you need to be a follower. You can follow the Voice America Business Channel on Twitter at Voice AM Business. Again, that's at Voice AM Business. And stay current. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. If you're an entrepreneur, you want to focus on the big picture, but a growing business requires compliance, regulations, tax issues, and more. Listen to Candy Messer and Biz Help for You. Our program takes the guesswork out of the equation in order to give you the answers and peace of mind. From payroll to labor laws to entrepreneurial tips, you'll find something new with each week's episode. Biz Help for You can be heard every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to like the Voice America Business Channel on Facebook. You'll find out about up-to-the-minute business happenings and get ideas from entrepreneurs and business professionals. Search Voice America Business or click the like button under the player and stay ahead of the curve. You are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Hello, this is Thorne Sully once again, and I get to interview Kimberly Lewis rather than Kimberly Lewis interviewing me. And I think that's because I'm far more interested in what people have to say about themselves than me telling people about myself. I've heard my own story too many times. But Kimberly is a fascinating woman, and I have posed a question to her. Uh, 
about the difference between assertion and aggression. And I've given her a moment to think about it. So, Kimberly, are you an assertive woman or an aggressive woman? Well, now the way you just formulated that question will help my answer, okay? Because as uh, coming from a very neutral point of view, I, I think um, being assertive is being able to present yourself and speak up um, and make a point. And aggressiveness has a little bit of more of a push to it and sometimes even a little bit of meanness to it. Okay, if I was just to, to look at it from the actual two words. The, the issue is that if a man speaks up or a, you know, gives his mind and makes points, then he is usually seen as being assertive, but a woman immediately goes into aggression. So she's very aggressive, okay? Um, And it comes back to that quote on being a bitch, okay? So, So I would... I would call myself as being very assertive, but I'm sure that some other people would call me as being very aggressive. Yeah, um, I'm uh, I'm interested, and I imagine your viewers are too. I mean, basically what we're doing is we're talking about the balance between a personal life and a business life. Now, I have a friend, a wonderful woman named Masa Getz, and she's a psychiatrist, and occasionally she was a guest on Oprah. And she told me once what she said on the show. The most remarkable and most brilliant women make the most stupid mistakes when it comes to men. <clears throat> they either choose the ones they shouldn't or reject the ones they should. And I'd like to know if you agree with that, and if selecting a mate is more problematic for a woman interested in a career than a woman who wants to bake chocolate chip cookies in the White House. So what do you think about that? I think I agree with her, and I think it is. Um, and I, I, think, I think the biggest thing that, that happens to us when we have a focus on a career okay, and we really want this career is we make very snap decisions because everybody around us pressures for the other thing to find a mate in this life is is you know your was supposed to be your end goal especially as a woman and so if you hit you know, middle 30s or even 40. Um, when I was, you know, 20 years ago, I was like 25. Wait, or- I have to interrupt. <laughs> You're over 40? <laughs> Your credibility because you look maybe thirty nine. So, oh, back in my day, it was twenty five. Okay, so my point is that we have this external pressure, okay? and it's sometimes very de- difficult to deal with this pressure. And because of that pressure, we may follow our heads on what is supposed to be next in the step rather than our hearts. And and then sometimes we tend to get in trouble. Now, 
Um, I'm I'm divorced and then remarried. Okay, and when I was 25, I just followed the step that I was supposed to do. I had a good job. I I you know was wanted a career. And I got married, and then I realized I did it for the wrong reasons. And the the man that I married was a very nice guy, and um, it wasn't about him. It was about why I did it, because I felt the social pressures to do it. And mm. I, I think that hasn't changed a lot, and that pushes us sometimes in directions that we really shouldn't be going in. Well, listen, along that line... What do you think of the evolution of the phrase, who wears the pants in the family? Oh, that's an obnoxious saying. What do you think about that? Well, I, you know, this phrase, it, this phrase makes me laugh, okay? And um, I, I mean, if you look at the history of this phrase um, from a historical point of view, it's because you know, men wore pants and women wore skirts. And so it was basically a phrase that was used for women. You know, she wears the pants in the family. Okay. And when you think about it, what this phrase is about is about decision making. Who's making the decisions? And 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 if you look at families across cultures and, and we look at the historical development of families Mothers very often made the decisions in the families at home, regardless of what. So as, as we became, as we developed through time and, and went through, you know, technology developments, industrial age, um, it was more evident that some of the families were the mother's decisions. And so we still use this, uh, but I think it's, it's quite funny. And if you look at today, today within the family, if you look at buying decisions, the majority of buying decisions within the family is made by the female or the mother. Okay, so it's about decisions, and I kind of don't like the phase because, because I think it's it today we're balanced a little bit more, and um, things are a well, little bit well, more. Let's change the phraseology. Who wears the pantsuit in your family? <laughs> so I mean, in in um, in our family. I think it depends on what the decision is. Um, and uh, let's say, okay, uh, I make probably 75% of the decisions and my husband makes 25. So, but it doesn't feel unbalanced. Okay. Um, of course, it doesn't feel unbalanced to me because I'm making 75%. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, <laughs> but um, I, I, I mean, it is. Today, as we develop relationships, I mean, there are discussions, um, and we do need to be cooperative, but that's in any kind of relationship situation, whether it's in the family or whether it's among two friends. Um, somebody has a tendency to be the... I may interrupt you. That, yeah. that opens up uh, a whole line of questioning that I am most interested in and that I think your readers are interested in, your readers, <laughs> your audience that's the editor of me. I see everything. <laughs> text. Um, 
I think that most people who are listening, most women who are listening, are wondering how to balance being a career woman and being a lover and being a partner. And I wonder, would your relationship survive if your husband were not equally successful in what he does as you are? Um, that's a good question. And I think, let, let me, first I'll just say something about my husband. From from the career ladder point of view, um, I have made it, you know, climbed a little, climbed higher than him. And he was an entrepreneur. He did have his own business, very successful business. Um, and he is now retired. So we are in a situation where I'm working in and he's not, um, but it's still quite balanced. But to to come back to, to your question on um, uh how how do you balance that? What was your question again? Sorry, I lost track of what your question was. Well, um, let me ask you a compatible question, and I'll get you back into it. How do you separate the boardroom from the bedroom? Oh, okay, okay, yeah. So, um, I mean, business, do the events of the day intrude yeah. or color your pillow yeah, talk? Yeah, yeah. Um, priorities and focus. Okay. Uh, it's very important that you are able to somehow switch on and switch off. Okay? Now, the degree to what you do that depends on the degree um, where you are in the either corporate world or entrepreneurial world. So when, when I work with women, um, what I first thing I ask them about is where do they want to be on the career ladder? And I, I use kind of a um, horizontal ladder, not a vertical one, but you know, where do you want to be? If you want to be CEO of a company, then you're not going to be able to switch off as much as if you're um, a, a divisional manager. Okay. So the first thing... I think I understand what you mean, but if I'm slightly confused, and maybe your listeners are too, you're saying that if you're not ambitious to climb all the way to the top, you've got a little more leeway? Yes, yes. Being an emotional being? Yeah, I think so. Because because it's time. It's a basic time. It's, it's about how many, there's 24 hours in a day, and um, if you want to be a CEO, it's going to take a larger percentage of those hours than it is if you want to be a divisional manager. And at that, you know, but regardless, regardless of that time, when it is time to switch it off, you need to switch it off or your relationship is not going to last. Well, listen, what advice would you give a man whose income is dwarfed by that of his wife or his partner? I think, uh, mm-hmm. um, well, uh, do, do they really, I'd ask them if they really need advice. I mean, if you have a partner and you're working together, uh, it doesn't, it shouldn't really matter if if one person is making 20% more uh, than the other. I don't think it's as much about money as is, is about time again. Okay. 
time is important. If one person has more time to invest than the other, then you're going to have an off balance. Uh, so I don't think of it in monetary sense. I think of it more in in an investment into the relationship in time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I was thinking of this uh, John Lennon song, Working Class Hero. And uh, it's a very dark song. But he says, uh, the moment you're born, they make you feel small by giving you no time instead of it all. So clearly, if there is a mother and a father or a couple that wants to be a mother and father, they're going to have to deal with that conflict. So I wonder what would happen uh, for a woman to have to take time out of her career to step off the ladder to, um, we'll say, the first year that the child is born. How can she indemnify herself? How can she see that she's still got room to get back into the corporation that she left to have a child? There are lots of ways you can do that. And and today we have the flexibility in the digital age has helped that a lot. There there's a lot of ways that you can you can keep yourself informed, you can keep yourself up to date, um, you can you can keep in contact with the company, you can try to arrange with your company uh, certain parameters that maybe from working from home or contributing to certain projects on a part-time basis. So I think the, the digital age and, and the technology we have has has supported that. The, uh, okay, but um, wait, one, 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 one comment. Um, that's looking at it from a very U.S. point of view. Um, from from a European point of view, it's quite different because from and um, from a European point of view, it um, it's more complicated because oh, you can technically take up to nine years off um, for childbearing, and it's the technology that changes in nine years and the way business changes in nine years is incredible, and so that's very difficult to stay up to pace and uh, companies are not usually willing to to bridge that nine-year block okay i have a very quick question for you and if you can give me a yes or no (laughs) okay are you flirtatious at work no Mm -hmm. is that dangerous to be for a woman to be flirtatious at work should I answer? It's a little bit longer an answer, so... <laughs> I'll tell you what, why don't you give that some thought? Okay. In other okay. words, prepare yourself. And uh, I think in a moment we'll take a break. Mm-hmm. I'd like to thank you for being so candid thus far. And this is Thorne Sully. I'm the editor-in-chief of A Word With You Press, and I'm interviewing Kimberly Lewis. You can connect with Kimberly in LinkedIn under Kimberly Lewis, and you can see her adventures and photos also as Kimberly Lewis, but you can find her on Facebook and Twitter under Global Business Therapy as Kimberly J. Lewis. And once again, I strongly advise you to go to Amazon, find your book. It's Ponytail Talk, and that that's Ponytail with 
T-A-L-E. And when we'll come back, I have some more questions as we're pushing the envelope here. Thank you. Be sure to like the Voice America Business Channel on Facebook. You'll find out about up-to-the-minute business happenings and get ideas from entrepreneurs and business professionals. Search Voice America Business or click the like button under the player and stay ahead of the curve. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480 294 6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Business news and discussions are always changing. In order to stay ahead of the game, sometimes you need to be a follower. You can follow the Voice America Business Channel on Twitter at Voice AM Business. Again, that's at Voice AM Business. And stay current. You are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Hello, this is Thorne Sully again. I'm the editor-in-chief of A Word With You Press, and I'm also the man who is given the privilege of playing with Kimberly Lewis on the radio. I am interviewing her. I'm reversing what she usually does, which is to interview someone such as myself. Kimberly is the host of this show, and we're taking a little time to know about her, and not just her business. Uh, She's more than just a, a business personality. She's a fully fledged human being, and this implies that She's got to integrate her business ambitions with a personal life, which typically every, every woman must do who wants to have a career in business. So, Kimberly, I, would, I, uh, I left you with a question, and that is, can a woman be flirtatious at work, or does she have to put that on hold? Um, I say put it on hold. Now, some people may disagree with me, but there are two things that that I would never do and I advise women not to do. And one is 
be flirtatious. And the second one, Thorne, surprisingly enough, is cry. And I know Sheryl Sandberg in her book says it's okay to cry, and I disagree with her. Okay? Um, and, and the reason for this is, is you're entering the workplace with a certain stereotype anyways as a woman. Okay? And that stereotype type is usually, um, you know, flighty, flirtatious, you know, Emotional, emotional, I think is the biggest thing. People think women are emotional and flirtatious and crying both kind of enforce that stereotype. So I would not be flirtatious in the office. Um, I know that's difficult today. Today, we spend so much time working that we're very likely to meet our partner in some kind of work environment. But when I advise young women going up the career ladder, just try to take it out of the office. Don't do it in the office. And when it comes to crying, I advise don't turn on the waterworks. There's lots of ways you can control the waterworks. Um, You can, you know, Excuse yourself. You can go to the bathroom. I mean, I've cried in the car on the way home, held it in the office and say, oh, my God, you know. But these are two things. First, being flirtatious and crying for me reinforce that emotional picture that we already have to deal with in the workplace. I remember a friend of mine, Trevor, who had a crush on a woman in the office and kind of hinted that I could intercede on his behalf. And uh, Hannah was her name. She said, well, I, I never mix business with pleasure. And I looked at her with a blank stare and I said, well, what could possibly lead you to conclude that dating Trevor would be a pleasure? <laughs> Good. <laughs> oh, that's so, funny. <laughs> you have seen the world change in the last 30 years since you began your career, meaning that you started your career when you were nine years old. Of course. <laughs> Uh, so you've seen a change. Is there a kind of message that you would give or that we should be giving other nine-year-old girls who want to start their career? Well, the, the, I think the first message I'd like to give is to the parents. Okay. And, and this is so important. And um, a quick story, I, I went out to, I went to a baby christening uh, last week and I bought, um, the woman is an executive with Microsoft and I went and I bought a, there's those little tiny computers for, um, you know, for babies, I mean, like when they're one year old, okay? And on the computer from Fisher-Price was pictures of little boys playing with the computer, okay? And I came home and I wrote Fisher-Price um, an email to their customer service on from the four pictures or three pictures or whatever they were of people Kids playing with the computers are all little boys. So uh, my first advice is to parents is to don't help your young, your girls get into the stereotype that we've lived with forever. You know, don't let them make their own choices. Of course, some little girls are going to like the pink aisle at Walmart better than other ones. Okay. Um, But give them 
choices and allow them to be creative and don't push them in one direction. My niece is, well, my one niece, um, I don't think she owns anything pink. She doesn't own one doll and she's now seven and takes karate. And and she's also selling pictures at a local art festival every year and, and making a few dollars. Okay. So, um, you know, allow, treat Treat girls and boys the same and give them the same opportunities. And for little girls, I would say, um, for your daughters, encourage them. Everything is possible today. It's still not easy, but everything is possible. You you have um, in, in STEM, you're seeing more and more women. You're, you're seeing 50% of university graduates are women. So anything's possible. So we just have to encourage uh, now this, uh, I I thoroughly enjoy more personal questions, but I uh, I have a technical question I want to ask you. Mm-hmm. What do you think legislation can do, especially in the uh, the European Union? What can legislation do that will help level the playing field of for women who want to enter the the uh, corporate world. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it creates awareness and it makes corporations think. And in the European Union, we have the European Union 2020, um, which which uh, is a directive that says that publicly owned companies within Europe need to have a gender balance on boards by 2020. Now, each member state in Europe has its own um, ways to get there, and not everybody's going to get there by, by 2020. But what's this done is it's pushed the envelope, okay? It's created awareness. Um, of course, it's created a lot of anger, too, on why should it be like that? Why do we have to do it? Why should we're actually putting women in positions that shouldn't be in there? But, I mean, if you remember affirmative action, action years ago in the 70s in the United States, it was the same arguments. Okay? And eventually that levels out. But I think it's important to push the envelope. And I haven't seen the states, the, that much legislation in the United States doing this. Yeah, yet. I was going to ask, uh, and this is terrible to generalize, but I'm asking you to be terrible. Do you think that uh, the business environment is more enlightened in Europe than in that place across the pond? Uh, I, I, I'm a little that nervous side. about the business. <laughs> yeah, deep side. I, I think, um, I think there's a, because we live in Europe and you have, and the European Union with so many languages and, and so many cultures, we are naturally more diverse and more inclusive, okay? Um, and I think that we are more open to diversity and inclusivity and some of the recent political actions in the States are pushing it in the other way, but I'm hoping that will change. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a very political answer. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fine. Um, and I would like you to comment on this. It uh, isn't necessarily directed at the gender divide, but do with it what you will. This is a, a quote that's attributed to Joseph Stalin. It said, 
power, the only element of the human condition you cannot fake. Mm-hmm. What do you uh, think? Well, first of all, you're, you're asking somebody who lives in you're asking somebody who lives in Eastern Europe about Stalin. So, so let's go there. Um, you know, when you said that, I, I came, I, I jumped to a different conclusion. Okay, um, I jumped to a conclusion on a actually a radio show I had with an expert out of um, California recently on narcissism. And narcissism creates power. And um, we, we have a tendency today to, to lean towards more narcissistic leaders and narcissistic um, um, politicians, leaders, even in company, you know, across the board. And this is, this is a trend that concerns me um, because it concerns me that power you know, it's creating the illusion of power, okay? So mm-hmm. I, I don't really agree with Stalin because I think you can fake power, um, but it, we're living too much with too much of an illusion of power and people are thinking about that and I, I tend to believe that is because we are we have a tendency to be a little bit more narcissistic ourselves today. We get everything we want, we get, we should do. We don't think about other people as much as we should think about other people and we have a oh, tendency. Well, I'm going to interrupt you there yeah. because part of your charm and what I can see from having uh, listened in on some of your previous uh, recordings, your previous shows, is that you are not that selfish or narcissistic. You believe in liberating people and assisting them uh, on their own path, and that's not narcissistic at all. No. You tend to empower people. Yeah. That's what your show is all about, is power. Yeah, I think... How to inspire people to power. I think there's two paths to power. There was one inspiration, and then the one is is pressure. Okay, and and I think think what my point is that um, we don't have enough leaders today that are inspiring power and inspiring people. And um, you know, you you said Stalin, so immediately that kind of pressure power came to my mind okay but there are different kinds of power and i think helping people embrace their own power and support them is very very important in helping them create success by by finding their own power so power are you is, optimistic are you optimistic about the fate of the world yes Yes, yes, I am. You didn't okay. have to think on that. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I actually, you know, I, I think we, we need to think, um, and I think we need to think about the next generations, but I don't think, um, but I'm very optimistic. And not without cause. You've got uh, 22 years, I hate to use the word, fighting in a corporate structure, fighting to... Uh, Achieve what you have, obtain what you have. I think that's most admirable. And and uh, Thorne, it's not over yet. 
Okay, and and um, it, it's really interesting uh, because uh, a lot of people will say to me, "Oh, you've got 22 years now. What are you going to do? Um, you know, uh, what what's next?" Um, it's not over yet, and I think today we don't have the usual life path that we had before. Um, you know, we before we had. Um, you know, we were born, we had education, we um, had a career, then we retired. And and today, it's not that way. We have little patches that go around. You asked me about entrepreneurship in, in corporate. Um, I'm an entrepreneur now, but I wouldn't close out going back into the corporate world. Now, I'd have to think about it, but, you know, <laughs> that that could happen. So I think that that we should create our own paths and create the opportunities and, and grasp the opportunities that come to us. And that's what I would say, you know, create your own path and grasp the opportunities. Well, I would like to thank you for these insights. I'm actually going to listen to this show myself because there are a few kernels of wisdom that I want to think about that you offered. So we're going to start to wrap this up. My name is Thorne Sully. I'm the editor-in-chief of A Word With You Press, and you can contact me, I hope you will, because I know you have a story to tell. You can contact me at thorn at awordwithyoupress.com, and that's thorn as in for every rose. Uh, I would like to leave you with this thought, which I'm inspired by our, our hostess, Uh, I think we are all conformists, but the difference between people is whether it is to their fears or their desires that they conform. And clearly, for her lifetime, Kimberly Lewis has been conforming to her desires. She's been a, a very brave, assertive woman, and the fruit of that is in this list of accolades that she's uh, acquired. So, Kimberly, thank you for allowing me the pleasure. And uh, I wonder, can you let us know how we can get in touch with you? Yeah, so the, yeah, my, my listeners, you know, you can get in touch with me at Leadership Beyond Borders at gmail.com and please remember to tune in with us each week uh, Tuesdays at 3 p.m. and if you miss an episode then download us on iTunes, Stitcher or Google Play and with that thank you so much for listening and Thorne it's been it's been a blast thank you very much (laughs) and to my listeners tune in next week are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. 